welcome to the Movies Past and Present Podcast. It's September 5th, 2019, and this is episode 32. I'm your host, Stanford Clark, and I'm podcasting from the crossroads of the West in beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. Just like my blog, moviespastandpresent.com, I'll be providing recommendations, commentary, and reviews about current and classic cinema. Thanks for tuning in, and let's get started. Well, back in the recording chair, and I hope you all have had a nice end to your summer, I guess post-Labor Day summer, and uh, we're back at it with new fall movies. New in theaters this week, we've just got one film, and shockingly, it's a horror film. Uh, It's It, Chapter 2. Now, this is a follow-up to... uh, the original it that came out in 2017 that was just a humongous hit i think it's it's uh it's like the highest grossing horror film of all time worldwide um you know it's based on on a stephen king novel and this film reunites the uh same creative team particularly the director andy andy muschietti is back and he is reuniting the Losers Club, young and uh, adult, in a return to where it all began, um, according to the press materials here. Because every 27 years, evil revisits the town of Derry, Maine. It, Chapter 2, brings the characters, who've long since gone their separate ways, back together as adults, nearly three decades after the events of the first film. Uh, this film stars Oscar nominee Jessica Chastain. Uh, she plays Beverly. James McAvoy is Bill. Bill Hader is Richie. Isaiah Mustafa is Mike. Jay Ryan plays Ben. Uh, James Ransone is Eddie. And Andy Bean is Stanley. And reprising the roles as the original members of the Losers Club, uh, are are uh, the uh, the same kids that played the roles in uh, 2017's uh, original It film because of this again uh, this iteration <laughs> of it. So uh, Muschietti directed the film based on a screenplay by Gary Doberman, and uh, anyway, um, it's back to scare people <laughs> for a. For uh, an early Halloween, early Halloween run, I think that clearly without any other major film uh, facing it, that it, it it's going to have a, a quite a, a successful weekend and probably a successful run up through up through Halloween. It Chapter Two is rated R by the Motion Picture Association of America for disturbing violent content and bloody images throughout, pervasive language and some crude sexual material. And good luck with all of that. So, uh, new in theaters, it chapter two. week i really most just want and commentary i mostly just want to give you a rundown of of where i was a couple weekends ago i went to the uh 
D23 Expo in California. Now, the D23 Expo is is actually uh, think of it about it's like a Walt Disney Company run Comic Con. So D23 is the official fan club of the Walt Disney Company. It's 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 owned and operated by Disney itself. D of course stands for Disney and 23 is short for the year 1923 when Walt Disney launched his film business in California. So uh, the D23 folks, they put on this big shindig every other year. So D23 started in 2009. They had an expo that year. And so this is actually the fifth time they've done the expo. This is the fourth one uh, that I've been able to go to. I, I missed the one in 2017 uh, due to some scheduling conflicts, but but uh, I was back at it <laughs> this year. <laughs> and uh, it's a really interesting event. So they they schedule it's 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 uh, the first year they did it. They actually did it for four days, Thursday through Sunday. Uh, these last few, I think, from then on, they only have done it three days. So it's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It was August twenty third through twenty fifth, and they uh, they meaning you know Disney or 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 D twenty three take over most of the Anaheim Convention Center which is across the street from, from the Disneyland Resort there in Anaheim. And, you know, it's, 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 it's a, and the Anaheim Convention Center is, 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 is huge. And they, they, again, meaning Disney, put together a big show floor of, of exhibits. And most, most every business unit of Disney has some kind of presence on the show floor. So they've got, uh, you know, they're the movie studios, the uh, Walt Disney Animation Studios, Pixar Animation Studios, uh, ABC, the t- the, you know, the TV network often has a presence, uh, ESPN, Disney Channel. I mean, it just, you know, it just goes, it just goes on and on and on. Um, they've got some stores set up in, in there, and I'll get to that in a bit. Uh, of course, opportunities to spend, <laughs> to spend your money. Uh some of the more philanthropic work that Disney does also is is often uh, on uh, on stage. They've got some kind of a, a, a pavilion or, or or booth talking about that. They also provide space where Disney uh, Disney related businesses again, not necessarily owned by Disney, but you know everything from travel companies to to. Uh, websites and and disney and, and and authors and whatnot they have they have an area for people them and also people that are just selling things selling uh disney memorabilia or pins or whatnot uh there there's a huge area set up you know where people could rent a booth and and then uh, you can go check out their their wares and services there uh a lot of people and so given that it's that it's really kind of like a disney centric uh, Comic Con, you know, or just fan convention. Uh, a lot of people dress up, and so <laughs> that which which you know makes it lively. There's there's a lot of cosplay going on, or 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 often what's referred to as Disney bounding, uh, where people are dressed up in more or less 
street clothes or, or clothes that you could really you know wear anywhere. That's not necessarily a costume, but that's that's themed to uh, a character, uh, particularly to a, a more uh, you know discriminating eye. If you're familiar with you know the characters or iconography or or or, or whatnot, and so it's it's they call the D twenty three folks refer to the D twenty three Expo as the ultimate Disney fan event, and. In a lot of ways, I think that that is is true. The Walt Disney Company puts in a lot of resources for this. They they put together big presentations, and uh, they since its inception, they have they have done their what they call the Disney Legends ceremony. So the Walt Disney Company gives uh, what they call their their Legends Award. And uh, uh, it's for actors and different creative people, different employees or you know artists or whatnot that work for the company that that get a, this 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 uh, special status bestowed upon them. And and uh, they've done they've done this ceremony at the D twenty three Expo, which so and they did and they did that again this year. People like Robert Downey Jr. And Bette Midler and James Earl Jones and other you know actors that have contributed in a way in a meaningful way to to the Walt Disney Company and the Disney Legacy have gotten have gotten this award. Uh, then they also have, do a big presentation uh, from the film business, and uh, I'll 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 be getting into some more details about that, but that. Uh, They'll often make either big announcements or just bring out different, uh, different people from the, the cast and the creative team of the films. Uh, they also have done this for for both Walt Disney Animation Studios and for Pixar Animation Studios. Had their own in years past. They actually have had their own specific animation presentation where both Disney and Pixar then would present films, upcoming films on their on their schedule you know for the next for the next couple of years and then uh theme parks also does a traditionally has done a big presentation and this year was no exception where they all come out and, and put on a big presentation about upcoming uh attractions for disney theme parks worldwide so needless to say it's a big disney geek event there's a lot of there's a lot of uh excitement and energy around it because Often, I mean, Disney will announce stuff whenever they want to, right? But often, Disney waits to to make some of these big announcements until it's time for the D twenty three Expo, and and this year this year was no exception. So, uh, with all this with all this presentation and all this excitement, you know, there's there there are a lot of logistics that go into to making a convention, and I got to tell you, I really think that. That the D twenty three Expo is probably one of the worst conventions <laughs> historically that I've ever had to deal with. I mean, I can't say that I'm like the convention pro. I'm not, but uh, I have had the chance to go to San Diego Comic Con. We have a very successful uh, uh, fan convention that that gets run here in in Salt Lake City. For for work, I've had to do a lot a lot of professional uh, conventions, you know that aren't that aren't these fan conventions, but 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 you know they're conventions that uh, 
where there are sessions and a show floor and all, and all you know and all, all these different components and and this registration and, and all these different things that that, that are the, that are part of it and d23 is 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 a has just it's been a mess and it was a mess this year I think you know not meaning to be overly critical I do think that that the the d23 management team they're trying I really do think that they're trying but Holy smokes! It's just uh, it, nothing really worked well this year. They they did a uh, they tried an, an online reservation system because you know get trying to get into some of these more popular presentations is tricky. I mean, they you, they 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 set up lines these over overnight lines like you can get in you can get into line like at seven p.m. The night before, you know, for a presentation that doesn't start until 10 a.m. that following day. And who wants to do that? I mean, I know I know the kids do and they can have some fun. But <laughs> I'm not one of them. I just want to, I mean, I'm happy to show up a couple of hours before. But, oh, trying to have to get there in the middle of the night just so you can get a seat. That's really, it's really a pain. So they did this reservation system. Uh... You know, as you might have, as you might have heard, if you, if, you, if you're following any of this, they had to reschedule the actual uh, reservation time uh, three times. So uh, the day of, well, you know, the original day that they scheduled, you know, all of us were on our computers ready to try to get into this virtual queue to to uh, reserve some stuff, and and uh, it was just it, it didn't work. The system crashed, so then they rescheduled it for another hour. And then they finally had to push off to the following day, which you know made a lot of people upset because everybody had to, you know rearrange their schedules to try to to get signed up for stuff. So by the time the following day, I was able to rearrange my schedule and and and, and get logged on, and I hardly got anything by the time I, I waited in the virtual queue for ninety minutes. And I and I had some people, some of my friends, they were they got right in, and I was thrilled. You know, I mean, good for them. Um, and. For me, I didn't. I was able to get a couple of presentations late Sunday afternoon, which I really enjoyed, uh, by the way. But still, um, it was uh, that was a, that was a bit of a bummer. I just don't think it. I just don't think it worked really worked well. And and uh, and go figure. Again, Disney's got you know. <laughs> it just seems like they've got so many resources. Maybe not necessarily unlimited, but it often can seem that way, right? But uh, and stuff, they're able to do other things that, that I think that, that work, but wow, whatever computer vendor they were using or, or whatnot for this reg- reservation system, it didn't work. However, I have to say at the show, so each, each reservation was tied with a, with an RFID, um, uh, guess chip located in, in your convention badge, the badge that you, you know, you need to get in. And, I never had any problem with the badges. For me, the badge worked great. So, you 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 tap in. Uh, you know they had you know they had these readers throughout, or people walking around with 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 uh, some kind of an iPhone type of a device that uh, that could read, uh, you know, read the car, read the cards, and and that all worked like a like a champ. I never had any any problems with that. But wow, everything surrounding it was was a total was a total pain. I also had heard from from uh, friends that, that that were there 
that just just trying to get their their badges uh, was was a huge uh, hassle. Some people were picking at badges either they were presenters or you know in, in, involved in some other capacity, and and nobody knew what they were doing. It took a, in some cases it took them hours. I think one person it took um, more than a day. Uh, they were, you know, they were telling me about, uh, you know, I heard the second hand, but just, so you know, again, it's just these details. I just think that the, the details of the D23 Expo are, are just an absolute mess. And often, you know, that's what kind of makes or breaks the con. Uh, the, every presentation I went to was phenomenal. I'd give every presentation at an, an A grade. But everything else about the con, I'd give it, frankly, a D grade or a D minus. And not D for Disney, just D because it's so bad. The uh, one final note to, uh, and part of this is just the nature of a convention, but the shopping at this, at the, at this convention, they make it so hard it's so not fun um i my plan was to spend friday the first day of the convention i was with my darling sister who just was going to be able to go to the convention for one day and so our plan was to see the show you know see all the see all the exhibits on the show floor and to try to do some shopping so they had three stores uh three primary stores there was a there was a big uh, version of the disney store the sh store that we all know from uh shopping malls uh you know across america and around the world then they also had what they called the disney dream store it was really i think more of the disney nightmare store if you're me but the disney dream store had uh basically souvenirs from the expo so different items you could get that were themed to the D23 Expo uh, 2019, uh, you know, like Mickey Mouse ear hats and t-shirts and stuff like that, as well as, as the ability to buy some art and books of, of people that were going to be there um, signing things, you know, different talent, things, whatever, which again is kind of a traditional part of one of these fan conventions. And then uh, they had... So Walt Disney Imagineering, which is the you know, the business arm of Disney that, that that builds all the rides and resorts uh, that the company does, they have a really cool company store. They call it Mickey's of Glendale, which is kind of funny, which is a kind of a play on the old Fredericks of Hollywood <laughs> lingerie shop. <laughs> but it's Mickey's of Glendale, you know, because. Uh, Walt Disney Imagineering is 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 based out of Glendale, California, um, but Mickey's of Glendale traditionally has really cool stuff. They've had they have shirts and uh, just all sorts of notebooks and swag and things that are are themed to different rides and attractions and resorts that again the Walt Disney Imagineering builds. And you know, really, Walt Disney Imagineering is just one of the finest design firms. Um, uh, in the country, if not the world. So typically that's been really cool. This year they split it and thank goodness, but they, they had, they had a Mickey's of Glendale pin exclusive store and then a Mickey's of Glendale store, just where you get, you know, clothing and 
posters and, you know, all the other stuff that they were selling. Now, uh, I did not wait. I didn't even check to see what was going on in the pin line. I don't collect pins. I wasn't, I wasn't interested in buying the pins. And often the, the pin, buying the pins has really gotten in the way of buying the other merchandise, you know, just because, I mean, there, there are a lot of people that are really interested in, in, in these pins, you know, and again, good for them. Um, although I think that they just turn around and sell stuff on eBay, you know, a majority of these folks. But anyway, um, I heard through the grapevine and I did not, I did not ask, so I don't know, but I heard that the line to get into the, just that pin exclusive store of McKees of Glendale's was over nine hours. And, uh, you know, at some point in the morning they had to, they had to just shut the line down because the convention floor is only open from 9am to 7pm and, you know, they weren't, they weren't going to be willing to stay open all night. <laughs> I waited for two hours just to get into the, the, the regular side. I mean, you know, the other side of Mickey's of Glendale, the non-pin, should say, side of Mickey's of Glendale's. And that just about did me in. Because, you know, I mean, truth be told, I really don't love shopping. And to have to wait two hours just to go into a store. And then once we got in the store, there was some really cool stuff I was really happy about. I was able to get and I was thrilled. But still, then there was another 30-minute wait just to pay. So almost three hours later, after after uh, the Mickey's of Glendale thing, I just, you know, I was done with the shopping. I never made it into the to the Disney store or to the quote-unquote Disney Dream store. I just couldn't do it. Uh, the lines, again, were huge. I heard that the Disney, the Disney Dream store also had a really big, they had a lot of square footage on the show floor. And... So, so clearly a bigger store and, and bigger capacity. The, 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 uh, the person working the line was said that it was maybe around 45 minutes at some point, but I, I didn't, even that was too long. <laughs> so anyway, shopping was a mess. So, so, uh, again, not a big fan of what they're doing with, with how they, how they run the D23 Expo. It's just, it's, it's just, uh, such uh, such a hassle and, and, uh, really, really an overall unpleasant experience with some amazing presentations. So let's get to the good part now. So, uh, I was able to go to the studio, the main studios presentation, which was absolutely phenomenal. Now I have to thank, um, one of my good friends who was at the expo, uh, one of the things you could do when you were able to get, get a reservation is that you could say you were going to bring a guest. And and uh, so like a plus one sort of deal of someone who was, you know, who was going to be at the convention, of course, too, who had a ticket to the convention. So my friend let me be his plus one uh, f to attend the studio's presentation over here, and I'm eternally grateful because, holy smokes, it was cool. So this thing was just actually nonstop bringing actors and creative people <laughs> on the stage the event was hosted by uh walt disney studios co-chairman alan horn and he was kind of the master of ceremonies and he'd come out and, and tell a joke or whatever but then introduce the the people from the various business units at the studio that would then uh kind of oversee you know, the presentation for each each of these different business units from the Walt Disney Studios. So first up was Lucasfilm, and uh, which, as you know, is run by Kathleen Kennedy. So she actually came out on stage with, 
with uh, director J.J. Abrams, who is directing a, a little movie called uh, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, <laughs> coming out this December. So this next chapter, I guess, really is the final chapter of this whole Skywalker saga uh, that, that, uh, that Lucasfilm has been, has been doing with, since 1977's original Star Wars film. And it was so cool. So the, the, you know, the, basically the entire cast, with the exception of Adam Driver, came out on the stage. I mean, Billy Dee Williams was there, too. How cool is that? And then, and then, and then of course, R2-D2. There's this new little droid called D.O. And he, you know, they wheeled, he, they wheeled him out. And they proceeded to show uh, a little kind of a sizzle reel that they had pr- created just for the expo. This is now online. I'll put a link to it in the podcast notes if you haven't seen it. But the crowd, you know, went nuts. There's, there's this, there's this final scene, or this final, yeah, this final little thing at the end, end of this sizzle reel, where uh, it almost looks like Ray has joined the dark side. She's got this double bladed lightsaber, and and everybody just freaked out. And it was, you know, that was really fun. And and you know, that's what, that's what these fan conventions are for, right? Is is to get the fan base excited and and to generate. Of course, to generate publicity. Next up was Marvel Studios, and uh, Kevin Feige came out, who is the president of Marvel Studios and really one of the masterminds behind the success of this whole Marvel Cinematic Universe business. Uh, there are two films coming from Marvel Studios in 2020, uh, which he talked about. First up was Black Widow, and you know that's starring Scarlett Johansson. It's a bit of a, a, a prequel, I guess we could say. No one from the Black Widow film was there in in the convention center because they're actually filming the movie right now in London. So Scarlett Johansson and David Harbour, who are in the film, uh, they uh, sent a little video message, and uh, and they also showed a, they showed a clip. So Black Widow looks cool. Then next up from Marvel in 2020 is uh, a film called Eternals, and these are some kind of supernatural beings. They didn't get a give a, get a lot of details, and I'm not uh, familiar with this comic book property. So uh, this this will be this will be interesting. Probably the, they the, they brought out like I don't know eight plus people that are that are in the cast. The ones clearly the, the the biggest ones and at least the ones that people are the most crazy about, particularly the uh, the people behind me who. Contribute to some hearing loss, I think, <laughs> from the presentation were uh, Salma Hayek and Angelina Jolie, who are in this movie. So anyway, so uh, so Eternals uh, coming coming out in in uh, 2020. Next up was the uh, Walt Disney Studios. So this is actually you know the Disney Disney branded films, and I just think they really just need to change their names to the um, the uh, animated remake. Studios, because this is this is the group that's responsible for bringing us, uh, you know, Aladdin and the Lion King from this year, and well, even Dumbo, uh, the Dumbo remake. Uh, they've got uh, they've got some interesting films coming out, uh, I guess. <laughs> so first up from Walt, the Walt Disney Studios is Maleficent and Mistress of Evil that comes out this October. Uh, this is it's a sequel, you know. Again, they brought Angelina Jolie came back out on stage, and again, the people behind me went equally nuts. Uh, and then uh, Michelle Pfeiffer 
came out on stage, and that was the one that was probably my one starstruck moment. I typically don't get that starstruck, but yeah, when Michelle Pfeiffer was was in the house, that that was pretty awesome. But Michelle Pfeiffer is in this movie. You might have seen you might have seen a trailer for it. She plays the mother in law. Uh, well, yes, you know the mother of Prince Philip, who's trying to marry Princess Aurora. They showed a sequence from it. And this film looks horrible to me. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll just have to see. But still, how fun to see these, these these stars. Next up from Walt Disney Studios is, shockingly, another remake of an animated film. They're remaking uh, the film Mulan. They were pretty clear to say that Mulan, which, I mean, I mean it's true, you know, Mulan is a, is, is a Chinese folktale that's been told for hundreds and hundreds of years with a lot of different interpretations. And so this is going to be another interpretation. It appears that this is not a musical. So, sorry, Donnie Osmond fans, uh, or Leah Salonga fans. <laughs> I guess our Christina Aguilera fans <laughs> that, that all contributed, you know, to that great Mulan soundtrack uh, doesn't appear to be any songs. Again, they 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 weren't they didn't come out and say that, but th but there was no indication that this is this is going to be a musical. What they showed us at the convention was a was a scene of from the uh, Mashmaker sequence. And then right after that, then it went into the whole uh, uh, recruiting sequence for the for the Chinese army. So Mulan, it appears in this in this telling, Mulan might have actually a little sister who's a human. You know how in the in the animated film she's got quote unquote little brother who's just actually a dog, but it looks like she has a, she has a human sister, and her father. You know, I mean, then, then the same thing happens. Her father. Who's who is physically not able to do it, but he's still because of you know the honor involved says he's going to join the Chinese army, uh, or I guess or rejoin the Chinese army for this for this war, uh, and then Mulan you know disguises herself as a boy and and, and takes his place. Um, it the film was it's got a, a director from New Zealand. It was filmed in New Zealand and China. They said no other actors were brought on stage for for, for this film. Um, you know, again, it probably is going to follow suit. That it's, it's it's a film. The one thing about these Disney these remakes is that they don't go low, they don't go low budget. That, that you know they spend the money, but um, still, it's just like ugh, another remake. So anyway, let's move on. Uh, then a really fun thing that happened with this uh, this final film they did for the just for the Walt Disney Studios portion of the presentation. Uh, was they were promoting their new Jungle Cruise film, which comes out next summer. Uh, this this is an action movie themed to the Jungle Cruise attraction that's in Disney parks around the world. And it stars uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Emily Blunt. Both of them made very dramatic <laughs> entrances, which was actually really fun. The Rock, they had... They had but, uh, it was probably specially built, but it was a Jungle Cruise boat. If you're familiar with the ride at Disneyland, and the Rock, and they they had it on wheels, but the the the, the Rock entered the stage on this Jungle Cruise looked like a full size Jungle Cruise boat, and then Emily Blunt came on stage in this really beautiful classic car. The movie looks like it's set in in the 1920s or 1930s, 
and and uh, what they said is that they were going for uh, a bit of an African queen vibe. If you're familiar with that Humphrey Bogart and Catherine Hepburn movie, uh, but also it was like what they said is the African queen means romancing the stone, the romancing stone, uh, as in the film with Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner. So fun, you know. So they're going for kind of a, a, a big, a big splashy comedy adventure. They show some clips. It looks fun. And they also did this hilarious kind of he said, she said preview. They did. They showed a preview that was very just focused on The Rock. He was like in every in every scene. And, and the action of that. And then <laughs> Emily Blunt came and did one that just more starred her. And then when uh, when it mentioned like, the, you know, how, how these previews put the names of the stars up. Emily Blunt's name was full screen, and then and then Dwayne Johnson's name was was in a much smaller font, just kind of almost like in a corner. It was very funny. They you can tell they had some those two had some fun chemistry together, and and this film and this film actually looks fun. And even though it's based on, I mean, actually, I don't have any problem that it's based on a Disney theme park attraction. I'm just grateful that that we might get a bit of a reprieve, at least in movie theaters. Other than this Mulan remake of, of remakes, although I'm sure that many, many more are on the way. So then, the last part of the presentation was 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 focused on Pixar, Pixar Animation Studios and Walt Disney Animation Studios. Pete Docter, who's the new chief creative officer at Pixar, uh, he he came out and introduced uh, Pixar's next two films. We've got two Pixar films coming out in 2020. How awesome is that? And two original films, and neither of them are sequels. So, first up is the movie Onward, and you might have seen a trailer for Onward. It looks terrific. Uh, the voices in Onward are Tom Holland, who you might know as the current Spider-Man, Chris Pratt, of course, who's you know mega star Chris Pratt, and then Julia Louis Dreyfus. So Julia Louis Dreyfus plays uh, voices their mom, and these are two brothers. And this is a set in a very fanciful world. I'll put I'll put a link to the trailer if you have if you haven't seen it. But they showed us a bunch of onward. They showed us really they showed us an eight minute clip and then another another clip after that. And uh, onward it's it's a family fantasy adventure and it looks really really good. Uh, the it's directed by Dan Scanlon. Dan directed Monsters University. Uh, you know he's a Pixar vet and. Uh, he told us, he told the crowd that really this film, the idea of it came from, he, he lost, sadly, he lost his father. His father passed away when he was, when he was young. And he's, he wondered what it might be like to be able to spend some time again with his dad. And, and that really plays heavily into the plot of Onward. So, so, uh, March, 2020 can't come soon enough for that. Then we got our first look at the Pixar film Soul. Uh, Soul had been announced a few weeks ago that it was happening, but we hadn't seen anything. And then we got to see some some art and learn more about it in the, in the presentation. And again, that's what's so awesome about about these presentations that they do in 23. This this Soul segment was really cool. Soul is going to be uh, star of the voice actors or, or star of the voices of Jamie Fox. And Tina Fey, and Jamie Foxx's character is a frustrated jazz musician. They, you know, he's 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 uh, like 
almost to middle age is what it looked like at least at least the character that they showed and he's an excellent jazz pianist but just hasn't really been able to get his break and he finally does and he's he's got a gig that night at this at, you know this uh at this jazz club and something happens to him and it looks like that he dies <laughs> so then his spirit goes into so it's this movie is about like this spirit realm where 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 do our you know where do our personalities come from where do where where do our spirits reside kind of before and after death and uh it looks pretty heady but it also looks pretty awesome but it almost had kind of a heaven can wait vibe if you if you've seen uh any version of that of that film uh well, I guess we'll just you know, Heaven Can Wait, Warren Beatty, which is a remake of Here Comes Mr. Jordan. Um, I could be wrong about that. This is that's kind of the impression that I got. But uh, Jamie Foxx and Tina Fey were hilarious on stage, and and this movie just looks thought provoking and interesting. It you know directed by Pete Docter, who's also you know got these extra managerial responsibilities at Pixar, but but Pete Docter is the guy who brought us. Uh, Inside Out, you know, he's he's able to tackle some of these more challenging kind of questions and able to make them into a really interesting uh, feature film. So, so anyway, really excited about that. Then Jennifer Lee came out, who's the chief creative officer at Walt Disney Animation Studios, and they finally broke the silence on uh, Disney's film, which is coming out. Walt Disney Animation's next film, which is. Well, not the next film, but a film coming out in November 2020. I'll get to their next film in a minute. Uh, in November 2020, Disney's coming out with a film called Raya and the Last Dragon. And it's directed by Paul Briggs and Dean Wellens. And it's got a screenplay by Adele Lim, who is the author of Crazy Rich Asians. And this movie is set in Southeast Asia. It's a, it's, it's a fantasy film. And... Uh, it's, it features the voices of Cassie Steele and Aquafina, and I got to tell you, I mean, we were all just, I think, dazzled by this gorgeous animation. Uh, it looks like it's set in kind of Cambodia or Vietnam, you know, somewhere in Southeast Asia. Um, again, a fantasy film. Aquafina is the voice of this of this um, very Asian-looking dragon. Uh, and we're not talking Mulan here, you know. I mean, although it might, there might be some cross references, but but uh, anyway, I just thought it looked gorgeous, and and they just gave us enough of a tease, I think, just to get everybody uh, super excited for it, and it looks and it looks really promising. When I heard that Disney might be making a dragon film, I was like, oh no, it's a, you know, it's an answer to how to how to train your dragon that DreamWorks has been so successful with, and this doesn't look like anything like that at all. So, so anyway, very very excited about Ryan and the Last Dragon coming out in November twenty twenty, and of course we'll we'll start to hear more about that as time marches on. But they 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 ended up this this massive studios presentation with with uh, fr uh, Frozen two, so they showed us a clip. So Jennifer Lee, as you know, who's who's also the you know chief creative officer at Disney. She is the, the writer and co-director of the original Frozen and also has the same role uh, for Frozen 2 
again with with uh, animation director Chris Buck. So Jennifer Lee's not an animator by trade; she's a writer by trade, and then just you know has, has risen, risen in the ranks and 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 she did a very nice job. And she, she got as far as any of these studio executives, she probably got the biggest cheer. Uh, from the audience, and I don't know if those were Disney employees <laughs> or Disney animation employees that were in the house or what. But anyway, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, but Frozen 2 looks absolutely terrific. Same creative team again is involved. Uh, the uh, the Lopez's are back writing songs. They were actually at the expo. They didn't participate in in this presentation, but. Uh, it was Bobby Lopez and his wife, Kristen Anderson Lopez, that wrote the music for Frozen or doing writing the music again for Frozen 2. They showed a completed animated sequence with Adina Menzel singing that just looked spectacular, you know. And uh, then then uh, Adina Menzel, Kristen Bell, Josh Gad, and Jonathan Groff all came out. You know, those were voice actors from the original Frozen. Um, Josh, Kristen Bell, you know. Well, I, I mean, I think... You, you know who all these all these folks are. Uh, they they sang another new song from from the film, and uh, Frozen Two just looks really solid. Uh, they're 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 they didn't give a lot of details, but it looks like they're going to explore uh, more about like where Elsa's powers came from, uh, why their parents left on that voyage. Uh, Evan Rachel Wood was also brought on stage. She she voices. Uh, she's actually gonna. She's the voice of Anna and Elsa's mother, and uh, they showed uh, just a little clip of that. But it's it's like from a flashback scene when the girls are very young again, you know, because we know the mother dies. Um, and then Sterling K. Brown also has has a role in it, and he plays some kind of a lieutenant. And I don't know if he's just there at Arendelle or whatever, but but uh, uh, so a couple of the new characters in the film, at least that they introduced. I think there's probably some more characters that they're keeping under wraps. But uh, we'll know soon. Frozen uh, two opens up November twenty second, uh, twenty nineteen. So anyway, this presentation was amazing, and 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 again, I'm just thankful that at least you you know you have a good experience, and it's like one of those things. It reminded me of like when you're taking a trip and you have a horrible flight or a horrible travel experience, but then you get to your destination and you have a wonderful time. And maybe the same thing, and then you're flying home and it's just like, oh gosh, this is such a pain. You know, you have to go through TSA and all that other stuff. But you, but so the good part remains and the bad part leaves you. That's what I'm hoping with some of this this uh, stuff with with the D23 Expo. Finally, I just want to mention. Uh, the Disney Plus streaming service that is launching in November. So, of course, Disney Plus played a big part of the whole expo. They had Disney Plus stuff plastered everywhere. They had a huge Disney Plus uh, pavilion located at the expo with presentations going on within the, within the, within the booth every day. Um, I attended one of those, and actually it was a really, it was a really cool one. Um, film historian Leonard Malton uh, was was there and he 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 and his daughter Jesse Malton did a presentation about Disney classic Disney films that are going to be available on the Disney Plus service at launch that he thinks we should all watch. And so uh you know uh these films and I and I would concur 
These these are these are all great films. Of course, he hit he he hit up some classic animation in a big way. And how cool is this though? But the original uh, Disney animated motion picture, the 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 world's first really well, at least the the first full length animated motion picture uh, from Disney, Snow White and the Seven Doors from nineteen thirty seven is going to be uh, on Disney Plus at launch, and which I think is awesome. Um, also, Pinocchio the second animated motion picture from from Walt Disney Animation Studios. Uh, that's from 1940. Uh, he also then highlighted uh, a film called The Reluctant Dragon. And I don't know if any of you have seen this film, but I would highly recommend watching it when, when, uh, when Disney Plus launches. It's a delightful film about the behind the scenes of how an animated film works. And then they, they show the creation of of, uh, of a short about the reluctant dragon, which is actually a, a, a truly a, sh a short story. Um, and that film just couldn't be more, more, uh, more charming and interesting, particularly if you've got any interest in, in, in the history of the, of the Disney studios. Then of course the classic Cinderella from 1950, which is really the first feature length film that, that Disney did after world war two. And, of course, you know it's just one of the best um, anime as as animated films go. Um, Leonard Maltin also talked about kind of an obscure uh, Disney retelling of it's called the story of Robin Hood. It's from 1952. I've seen this before. Leonard Maltin hosts the uh, Treasures from the Disney Vault night that they often put on on the Turner Classic Movies Network, and he he's he's brought this before. You know, it's interesting. I mean, how can you beat the Errol Flynn version? You really can't. But this one was made in this one was made in Europe, and 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 it's one that Leonard Mullen really likes. And I'll have to I'll I'll revisit it again when it's on Disney Plus. Also coming to Disney Plus is Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea from nineteen fifty four, which is one of the great action movies from from the Walt Disney Studios. It's got uh, Kirk Douglas and James Mason and Peter Lorre in it. Um, he also mentioned Davy Crockett, King of the Wild Frontier from 1955, um, starring Wes Parker in the title role. You know, this it was interesting to learn that this Davy Crockett film was repackaged, actually, from three episodes of the Disneyland TV show. <laughs> so they they just pieced together, you know, these three these three different episodes. And, 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 and uh, from 1954 and then in 1955, they released it as a feature film, and it was a big hit. Uh Darby O'Gill and the Little People from 1959. I don't know if this is a film you've seen as well, but it's one of Sean Connery's first films. And they use a lot of amazing camera work in this film too. Uh, it's technically, it's very, it's, 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 it's quite impressive to see what they, what they were able to do. Again, purely just with camera and forced perspective tricks. Uh, and then finally, really what Leonard Maul was saying, one of Walt Disney's finest films um, Mary Poppins from 1964. Uh, but how cool are the, all these all these movies are going to be available on Disney Plus? In addition to a lot of a lot of you know original content that they're creating, Lucasfilm is creating a lot of really cool Star Wars content. Uh, for one of the things that was announced was a was a new series um, based on Obi Wan Kenobi, starring Ewan McGregor, and uh, that's going into production next year. 
I, I bet you it's not probably on on the Disney Plus service until like 2021, but still awesome. And uh, Marvel Studios is creating a number of series uh, that are really basically spinoffs from from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And Kevin Feige said that all these all these Marvel Studios series that are going on Disney Plus are going to fit in within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So again, um, how fun is that? Um, some other series, uh, just in a lot of family-friendly content. One thing that I thought was actually pretty cool was that uh, they're they're putting in that kind of look like I mean I don't mean this critical, but just kind of like low-budget comedies that were really a staple of my childhood from Disney, um, you know, in the '70s and '80s. And uh, really, the Walt Disney Studios now, you know, again, the remake studios. It's just they're just focusing more on these big budget remakes rather than on rather than also kind of evening out the mix with some of these low budget comedies because again I just think they're just looking to make more money so Disney Plus is going to be a, a good home for for original films that that uh, look fun there's there's a there's a, a, a Christmas themed film called Noel starring Anna Kendrick and Bill Hader which looks adorable, and again, it's like one of those that maybe back in the day they would have Disney might have released it in theaters, but it's going to be on Disney Plus, and and and, and it looks like it's going to be a great home for it. And then, of course, speaking of, uh, of course, they have to put a live action remake on Disney Plus. Um, they're doing a, a they've done a, a live action remake of Lady and the Tramp. Um, yeah, so. Uh, anyway, I think I think that they used some real dogs, and maybe then of like, kind of like you know with some of these incredible journey movies, they'll be, you know they'll be talking. But I don't sure how much I haven't seen the trailer yet. I didn't go to this, that particular Disney Plus presentation. But anyway, I think this also is going to be an outlet for for some live action remakes. But but you know you don't have to watch them. That's the thing you can control control what you watch so anyway disney plus looks awesome it, it launches november 12th i will have links in the podcast notes on my blog well that does it for this episode of the movies past and present podcast Again, links and more information about all the movies discussed in today's podcast can be found in the podcast notes on my blog at moviespassandpresent.com. As always, I hope you will enjoy some good movies this week, whether they be from the past or the present. Until next time, thanks for listening and see you at the movies. Movies.